Hello everyone and welcome to Genesis Avalon Patriot episode 9! Oh my gosh, we're getting so close to the end. Um, I am the uh, co-writer, co-creator, co-stufer, director, Cat yeah. um, Pride, and with me is my co-stufer and co-writer and, and color commentary, Chris Bays. Hi. <laughs> You're not color commentary. That's what you are officially, I think. So I'm the color. Hi, I'm here for a color commentary. <laughs> up, up first, we have a scene. Thanks. I, I can't. I can't. I'm no Greg Woods. <laughs> oh, nice. Marvel League reference. Marvel right? League reference. Oh. Um. Anyway, on that, on that wonderfully happy note, let's look. Let's talk about something sad. It's very sad. Holy smokes! This is a heavy episode. It is. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in this episode. Um. This is a heavy episode. They're all heavy. It's towards the end of the season. It's the back half. They're well, all it's, yeah, it's the back half, and and now that everybody's together, um, you know, <laughs> with the obvious exception of poor Sam, who is just hanging out in a cell somewhere. We hope, um, but uh, but but this scene it tugs at my heartstrings. For one thing, like I mean, we've you know, Natalie and Noir have been together. Longer than anyone else, than because anyone they else. were together before, before Jaina and Sam, Sam. Yeah. so um, they are the, they're, they're the mom and dad, that if mom and dad start fighting, you get worried, like, that's what it is, they are the mom and dad of the friends group, so, so, oh, sweet Chris, but also, can I just say, like, like, so one of the things I like about the scene is also that it shows that Leo is not... You know, Leo we, does have feelings, and he's not just a meathead. And you know, and and you know, and we make him the kind of like the comedic jock, sort of like witty ladies' man. But in reality, he's married. Yeah, he has a baby on the way, he's, and he, he left his wife and very, his family to come yeah. out here and do this. And it utterly dismays him that Noir would be willing to stay and just not tell Jaina. Oh yeah. Um. And I just love that 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 the moment this happens, Leo was trying to fix it, and it just shows you how much like even though you've not seen it until this point, like these people had six years together, and they are for better or for worse, a lot of them are friends. They're, they're at the very least colleagues. We did the thing that we hate so much in shows. We skipped. And we had to. We did a massive time we, jump. We had to. So we had to skip. Well, a bunch no, of... I don't. I don't always mind massive time jumps. I just I mind them when they're not done well. Um, and when I say not done well, I mean I don't like it when people are acting totally different, different and you never find out why. This, I felt like, was like a nice, like, progression. So. He, he acts different because he's grown. He's six years older. He's and we tell you why. He's a two-year-old Yeah, we, we tell you why. But, uh, like, it's just, you know, I, this is so tough because, like, I, I was really looking forward to get like I really enjoyed writing this but it's so hard because noir is clearly st stuck between duty and uh and 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 you know his heart yeah. but ultimately he's gonna let pragmatism you know rule out which well, is what that's I, just noir right that's, there that's, yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah Leo you've gotta be kidding me are you serious? And and I do like that you know as we set this up, um, we there's a lot of people who are just trusting each other that that don't really trust each other. Yeah. And I like that Noir's the one to be like, uh, hang on a second, like I would not just throw my loyalty in with these people. We yeah. don't know them. You know, it's it's the kind of thing that yeah, 
he's not wrong. He's just, you know, he's being a pragmatist about it, and that's what I like about that character, so. Um, and as per usual, Chris Hackney just um, delivers wonderful, 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 wonderful takes. And they're all so good, and I never know which ones I want to pick until I actually get into the scene and actually work on them, because it's never... I always have to figure out how he sounds against the other actor. You do the thing. Kat does this thing where she'll listen to the takes when she gets them and she'll like be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, that's the best take. And then I'll hear like a week and a half later, oh no. <laughs> I'm like, what? She's like, I got a really, really good take, but I don't think I can use it. <laughs> yeah. There, there is nothing worse than having your actors just nail every every possible delivery of a line. And then you realize the line that you really like, that you'd love to keep that beat, won't work. Won't work. Because the other actor has chosen, a, their, their yeah. best take is a different beat. And that's one of those things that, like, that is one of the struggles of remote actors when you don't have everybody live in a booth. And I'm okay with it. I like it. It's, uh, it's, it's a level of complexity to the, to the game that I enjoy. At this point, it's like what you're used to. It's what I'm used to. I mean, I've worked with people in booths before. Um, and, and, and doing live all one cast together, but it's not the same. I actually prefer it this way. Um, because I like that, that all of the actors are able to fully embody their character and not have to worry about how the other characters, you know, they're, yeah. they're, it's fine. Like, I mean, again, there's, there's pros and cons to both of them. Also, I do love that Ben is like right on top of it. Yep. Like they oh, walk into that it. room he and it. he already is like, oh, cause you two totally saw each other. So what is going on here? And uh, by the way, this was, this was nice. Cause uh, I believe you wrote this scene. Yeah, I think I did. Cause this is all, this is all you getting to explain the lore, the lore. of your show. Yeah. You're part of the show. Like you my concept, your concept. There you go. Concept. So like, do you want to talk about it? Can we talk about it? I mean, we can talk about it. Um, it, it's essentially, okay, so, uh, they, I mean, they talk about it in the episode, so just watch the episode, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just more meant, like, do you have additional color you want to add, like, about the fact that, like, it's... Oh, I mean, it was basically know. just, like, um, it's a bit it's a bit of a take on Neil Gaiman's... Uh, uh, American Gods? American Gods. Yeah. I had not read that story when I came up with this idea. It... Um, so don't come at me. Everything old is new. Everything, Everything yeah. is slightly derivative and it, and, in life. And it, it, it was this concept of, of if gods are things that are, you know, tulpas, they are creatures that are defined by the worship and the things that people put on them. What are some other spirits that might have come around since the days of people inventing quote gods 2000 years ago um and and the best way i could come up with is this idea of of democratic revolution mm -hmm. um and that's what these th that's what these three are that's what the spirits of revolution are is this notion of of democratic revolution leaving behind the the system that is uh, uh, your why am I losing the word with where you've got like a king and a lord and the, all the the fiefdoms the, uh, that answer to that king and you, nobody owns the land except for like a very small noble class. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a word for that system of government. Surfdom? No, no. 
uh, it'll come to me at 3 a.m. Feudalism. Feudalism. Thank you. Moving from feudalism to a self-represented by the people. And my, my thought was that these spirits have been evolving over the years. And as they evolve, the revolutions they inspire have evolved. So your first revolutions you see from them are like the Haitian Revolution and the American Revolution, um, where you have, in the, with the Haitian Revolution, you have just a pure slave class overthrowing the overlord class and then setting themselves up in a mirror of their overlord class. Mm-hmm. Um, the American Revolution, you have wealthy gentry who see themselves as equal to the feudal lord class throwing over overthrowing the feudal lord class and then setting the, wanting to set themselves up as that um but then as that and that's what they talk to each other like oh i remember you from this place yeah from this place it's because those spirits have been in all these different subsequent revolutions the french revolution the bolshevik revolution um the little workers revolutions throughout the the years the the revolutions to overthrow uh colonialism in africa and india um that these are the same kinds of spirits that empower people like Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they've now been brought back because the system in the U.S. is so broken at this point. Yeah. That it has slid back into feudalism. Gosh, I wonder what could have inspired mm, that. I know, so weird. Mm. So. Populism is a hell of a drug. Populism is a hell of a drug. Um, and that, and that these spirits can be called upon consciously or unconsciously they aren't they're not like gods yet right they're sort of uh give them a couple you know give them another couple hundred years and they might be gods like the tuatha or the olympians or the or the uh, uh, Asatru. But they're almost like they're almost like but, animist at this point. Yeah, they're, they're still they're anim- forces, in that of forces of nature animism, period. But it's not a force of nature in the sense of like It's like vo- a human volcanoes nature. and rocks. It's it's yeah, it's yeah. it's forces of society. Mm-hmm. You have having a society automatically awakens having this kind of a spirit. Yeah. There's probably like similar similar ones of capitalism. Yeah. This the um so so while we you've been speaking about all of the yeah, important stuff talking. they've been obviously talking about how they've been putting together mm-hmm. when it occurred um because as you mentioned the spirits have been called to to right. come to action and the event that set it off that Ben has just put together is the events of episode 40 43 or 44 something like that, that. yeah yeah the day that Casey was kidnapped the and day that, Casey was kidnapped and that Jaina and Sam were taken into custody by the stewards yep. so um and, and uh, the day that Ben that, yeah. that John's wife and, and Ben's mother was yeah and it's and it's it's and... not coincidence that Carrie Arthur Tim Arthur's sister who is known Avalon who has sort of been at the epicenter of all of these major superheroic events was friends with Ben's mother mm-hmm. and uh, and if you actually listen to the episode you hear Carrie mention Martha by name. Yep, you do. Because we knew back then we knew back then we were, were going to be doing so, this was the storyline that we yeah, wanted so you to can tell. actually hear her on the phone. She's trying to talk to Martha, and then the phone the phone goes dead. Um, but it's just kind of this neat concept of of if gods are the the stories that we humans create 
to understand concepts and things in the world that we don't understand. And in creating them, we give them life and then they take that power yeah. for themselves. What new gods are we creating? Are we still creating gods? Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where that, that thought came yeah. from and how bad would it need to be in the U S to have those gods come back through here? Um, we, we know, you know, yeah. well, I guess I know that, you know, oh, they went through Russia twice because they went through Russia once violently in the, in the 1910s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they went through Russia again, peacefully in the 1980s. Yeah. That's where you get, which obviously, you know, like nobody knows a separate cat, but like the God, these, these spirits have been getting more pacifist, you know, Gandhi, more nuanced. more nuanced. Gandhi was one of their inspires. Uh, Gorbachev was one of their inspires. So, so that being said, though, let's talk about, I want to talk about one thing that, that you've told me about that we know we're going to get into later on. Yes. But um, you're talking about the violent nature of yes. revolution. Yes. And the fact that the, what I want to touch on is, is, so can you talk a little bit about the differences between Vanguard, Minuteman, and Patriot. Why they're named oh, that. Oh, why they're named that. Okay, so. Because I don't think we've ever, we've, <laughs> we have not gone into it in the show, and I don't know if we are going to get a chance to in a natural to, yeah. sense. So the, the thought with the three of them is, for one thing, a triumvirate god is a very, like, powerful thing in mythology. You see a lot of them. I imagine a bunch of deists who stopped worshiping the Holy Trinity would find another trinity of gods. Exactly. Um, also... Uh, the triumvirate god, uh, you know, comedy comes in threes. Human pattern recognition mm-hmm. recognizes the three pattern a lot because it's a primary number. Um, it, it, it's a it's a prime number. It's a part of the Fibonacci sequence. Whatever. There's <laughs> there's a lot of sociology that goes into this, and I've clearly thought about it way too much. Um, write an so, essay. <laughs> so the first one is the vanguard. The vanguard of an army is the front line of an army when you're talking about like old style or. Uh, Uh, armament and and warfare styles uh so the thought was for the vanguard well that's the person that is the first person that's the person that's the call to arms that's your paul revere that's your your uh people standing out in the square protesting the first your person who's putting up uh you know guerrilla radio communications trying to warn you of the impending authoritarianism and then Obviously, for this revolution, because this revolution is so tied into superheroes, the spirits of revolution have chosen to use that as their way of combating things. So the vanguard here has the power of speed. Whether previous liber- you know, uh, avatars of the personifications of the spirits of liberty and revolution have had superpowers is up to debate. I haven't decided. I, I we like haven't gone into we it yet, into so we'll figure it out um, when we get there. Uh, so, that bridge we come but to. that's why Casey has speed, super speed, is because she's supposed to be able 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 to. Oh no! Oh no! She's supposed to be able to get out in front of and and call to arms. So that's that's what she is here. And then the patriot is he is the person standing out, taking all of the brunt of the attack. So he's just super strong, super formidable. Um, he he can't be broken easily. Wall of grit. He's, he's he's incredibly stubborn. So then you get the question of is John incredibly stubborn because he's incredibly stubborn, or is John incredibly stubborn because he's an avatar of the spirit of and revolution? Right now, this, 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 that is the, is the stubborn one. Mm. So 
there's there's that, and then there's Minuteman, who is supposed to be the one who has the the kind of a hold up. Let's think about this, and can bring people together and make and get them to agree. Because when you have a revolution and you have a group of people that are so fractured that they are fighting like that, you don't have one unified front. Right. You've got lots of different people who have lots of different grievances. And all of their grievances are valid grievances. And no one grievance trumps others, mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah. There are, there are maybe ones that everyone will agree is a bigger grievance, but that does not belittle the grievance that another person is Right, having. but it's it's the traditional problem of a coalition party. It's, it's really hard to coalition know, when everybody's one, got competing... One person is a man, two person are a law firm, and three or more idiots are a Congress. <laughs> um, it, it's, that, it's that notion of... Well, how do you get all of these people to kind of come together and work together? So you might go back and say, oh, well, John Adams was one of these people who was inspired by the spirits of liberty to to kind of make everybody sit down in one room and hash this stuff through. Um, You know, Lenin might be another person who's like that. so that was basically the concept was that, it, and so his power is that he can see things before they happen so that he has the clarity to see what is the most important thing that we should be focusing on right now. And then he also can heal people because... Which as he said today, that's a today thing. That's, that's a today that's, thing. That's a, that, was, that was so good, Ben, by the way. Well, that, and, that's and a today also, thing. As, as they continue to exist embodying these powers they do grow and as they recognize what they are they will grow faster mm-hmm. so ben already recognized kind of what he was even before they had this conversation he yeah. was the first one to come to grips with it to accept it to go that is what i am and because of that he's going to be the one that develops powers the fastest mm-hmm. so yeah, cool. That's, that's Thank you. The, thank you. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Yeah, no, that's perfect. My, that's that's what I wanted you to talk my about. My incredibly like, cerebral superhero like you've story. You've been sitting here holding on to that for forever, and I was like, this is literally the this episode where you can talk about it. Stuff has lived in my head since two since before I knew what Genesis Avalon was. Yeah, this concept has lived in my head since like 2018. No, 2008. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was working on I was working on Avalon in 07. And you would have been cast as Lilith in 07, so. Yeah. Yeah, but you had it before before Avalon started. I was on a bus ride from Philadelphia to Boston. Oh, there you go. That'll tell you. Now, back. I feel bad because we've, like, we've, I, I asked, I got you on this tangent, and then we'd, like, a first thing, missed, like, an the entire episode. scene. Um, but that's okay. Because not that not that Anthony Fleece isn't doing an amazing job taking over as Julian because Trent had to step down. Oh no, amazing um, job! Anthony's fantastic. We cast Anthony as like our Tucker Carlson, and then I was like, "Dude, do you want this role? Because you're yeah. awesome." Um, and uh, and he really brings a new level to Julian that I'm really liking. Uh, his chemistry with uh, with Mark is fantastic, and his chemistry with Laura is fantastic. Yeah. So I'm really. This whole scene was the culmination of kind of like getting to everything that you've been hearing. You've been hearing mm. about, yeah, um, Mark, sir. Oh, sir. That hurt me so <laughs> bad when I listened to it the first time. I'm like sitting there going. <laughs> yeah, no, he it just nailed like, it. like, what's wrong? And I'm like, Mark. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, are you okay? And you're like, Mark. And I was like, yeah, that'll do it. Um, but, well, I think uh, what I actually said was Evan, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but just in general, like, this is, for anyone who's curious about what happened to Bobby, we knew that you knew that he died. Yep. Uh, it, it's been mentioned several times. But uh, the important thing is that Bobby went out a hero. He did. That Bobby, who started out as the somewhat lackluster, try-hard, you know, assistant editor, became the head of the Gazette. Yeah. And then eventually became the head of a revolution. And he did the right thing. Yeah. He and I, we wanted to tell that story because I felt like it was important to show that literally anyone can can yep. can make a change you, like yeah. and i need to hear it for myself sometimes too uh but that's that's kind of the point in 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 a very large way of, of this is not like a bury the gays thing um for one thing uh, evan is very gay and still on the show um but uh but also because it it was it was important to me that we um honored how difficult 6 years of this would be and Bobby is the one who was least equipped to survive. Yeah. Well, and it's be only because he, he he's the one that is the most impulsive and would do the thing of going with Casey and it didn't matter. And also, we don't talk about it, but the event, the 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 building that they went into to save those kids, it was a suicide mission. Yeah. And Casey and kind Casey of knew, knew that. that. That's why Casey's so angry. He knew that. Well, and I don't think of it as well, we didn't kill him because he's gay. Oh, hell no. But because he's gay, he was in the unique position to not have any more fucks. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, I don't think about it as, oh, well, he's our gay guy, so we killed him. I think of it as because he's gay and he lived through the AIDS crisis. He was a young man during yeah, the AIDS he was. crisis. Yeah, he was. He was the first one to stand up and say, I'm not watching this happen again. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching the government yeah. do this to people again because yeah. I already watched it in the 90s. Yeah, and so that's like for me, that's like one of those things of of uh, the unique play, the unique roles that gay people can hold in storytelling. Yeah. In fact, on a completely uh, nonsensical tangent, but if you like stories that that talk about the gay experience without being explicitly just about a gay person, because um, you just you're like me, and you know I I, I am. So I don't I don't need every story to be about yeah. my bisexuality yeah, yeah, yeah. and my and my and my queerness, um, but I want to see myself represented. Um, if you haven't watched it on Netflix, uh, The Midnight Club. One of the main characters, because the whole thing is that everyone's terminally ill. Oh yeah. Um, one of the main characters has AIDS, and it was for me very interesting because I was a kid during the AIDS crisis, so I don't remember a lot of what the fear and uncertainty of that disease was so that's a complete tangent but you know i think you, you hit the nail on the head if you live through something like that your perspective yeah. is very different on what you're willing to sacrifice and, um and what is an acceptable action yeah and and you know, Julian is not a good guy in all of this. And I feel like I need to say it enough. Like, Julian is a classic example of a decent person who oftentimes does asshole things. Yeah. Because he's privileged. That's why he's in the show. His privilege like, affords him cowardice. Exactly. And not just cowardice, but, like, his privilege affords him a self-centered viewpoint. Yeah. You know, he's upset about losing Bobby. Because Bobby was his friend. But he can't extend the grace to Evan. 
the husband in that scenario because ultimately julian is privileged enough to think that his what you know what affects him personally is the most important thing yeah so it's really important that like yeah he's still in the freedom press and the fact that like he is trying to inspire jaina and trying to inspire others instead of like being completely privileged is one of those like yay awesome you're doing the right thing thank you and then he'll open his mouth and say something stupid yeah. And then you're like, oh man, you were doing oh, so good. Meanwhile. It's like when you watch someone you love who uh, was in a very uh, negative, like authoritarian or populist sort of brainwash yeah. state coming out of it. And you see them growing. Yes. And you see them making awesome change. And then they say something. They say something. That's parroted, that that's old. And you're that like, they, no. That they have not, they've not made the mental connection that that's a broken thought exactly yeah that that's the old thought and that's process. yeah and that's sort of where that's that's who julian is yeah. julian is one of those characters that he learns from his mistakes but it's always the hard way well and here well also we just had the flip of that yes of with john talking in that here's somebody who is the the same thing as julian but the opposite mm-hmm. of he isn't a good person he's on the good guy's side but his reasoning for doing things is so self-centered to his cause that it almost seems like the bad guy type. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that, that... We just had John say, oh, we'll totally go for your guy, but not because we're trying to save your man, yeah. but because that makes a good political statement. Yeah, yeah, John is John is firmly dedicated to the cause, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and he very much is, is of the opinion that uh, collateral damage is perfectly acceptable. Correct. Which Ben is not okay with. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but, yeah, that's, that's part of the... It's part of the push-pull of this whole thing is, um, and I think that that goes back to us talking about the spirits of revolution because yes, it does. the cause does not care about good. The facts don't care about your feelings. Well, you know, and, and, and good people do, do dumb things all the time. And good people got oh, yeah. caught in the crossfire oh, yeah. of the Revolutionary War all the time. They weren't necessarily bad people and they weren't loyalists because they were super pro-British rule, I hate people. They were maybe, I don't know, people who had just recently integrated. Like, there were there were people yeah. caught in that war that were just victims. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. And that's one of those things where, like, revolution doesn't care about that. Yep. And John definitely is embodying that. The, I don't care. I don't care if there's collateral damage. I don't care if there's people in the middle. If you're not for us, you're actively rooting against us. That may not be the case. Sometimes people, sometimes people are scared. Sometimes yeah. people pick cowardice. That's not, like, like... And I think that's one of the really interesting things about this is that this is a show of people trying to be heroes. And like some of them, like Jaina, she was a hero. Yeah. And she had that that intoxicating taste of I'm privileged now and I don't have to care. Yep. Maybe I should just not care for a little while. Yeah. And that's hard. So I think everybody's guilty of doing that about something in life. Oh man. Oh, if it were Natalie. Oh, ouch. If it were me, I Okay. Did you need those heartstrings cuz we're going to pull them out. It's fine. Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, but 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 uh but yeah. Paul's read of Okay, no, I re- shut up. Uh, <laughs> this is so good. That was a total ad lib on his part and he just nailed it. Um because, and, and I mean, and I've, I've said this all the time, 
Uh, our lines for Paul as uh, as Leo are really guidelines. If he can just nail, nail. the general feeling of yeah. the line, that's great. But he does. He, I mean, he gives us a lot of like straight reads. So a lot of it's like literally what we put on the page. But that when he get has his ad libs, they're just they're so good. So. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ben's trying to get him at attention. Something is happening right now. Oh no, something's happening. Something's happening. Something right really now. big is happening because you know episode Eesh. eight was the turn for the B cast. Yes, it was. And today Here's is the, the turn, turn for, for the, the A cast. cast. Oh my god, this scene. Yeah. Oh my god. Did you just oh remember? I just remember what this is. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> this is the other thing that I've been greatly looking forward to yes. ever since we came up with this concept yes. like five years ago. Yeah. And this is definitely one of those ones that, like, because we've talked about it before, but, like, when we knew that we wanted to do, uh, we set the stage for Patriot's side of things in terms of, like, the Spirits of Revolution Mm -hmm. and the secular threat. Yeah. We had not really talked about what we wanted the supernatural Supernatural threat threat. to be. And then, so so when we started really heavily outlining uh, about three, four years ago, four years ago is when I started the bear outline. Three years ago is when I wrote the whole outline for season one and sent it to Tilly without warning her. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, by the way, I have a by sequel. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, when we, when we came up with this, we knew we wanted to, um, to really delve into the concepts of worship and gods. Because what we saw in Avalon and one of the main prevailing like plot points of the last season yep. is that you may... You may respect your gods, do not trust them. Yeah, yeah. Gods are gods. Gods have their own ambitions. Gods do not value the the fraction of a lifespan that humans have. They find yep. them, you know, do you value every ant that co- goes into your garden and pollinates a flower? No. Um, so it was really nice when we, when we realized, you know, we knew we had Tom Connors. We knew he was going to be something supernatural. Yes, we did. And then we, we bandied a couple of ideas around and then we landed on this one. And this is, this is, this is like the core of how we want to talk about what is it to be a God? Well, and then going back in and talking about my whole thing with, and that's how it fits Mm -hmm. in is, Gods are created by man, but then they take their own life. Yeah, they, they you know take their own life. They 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 uh, take life of their yes, own. Yes, there, there you go. go. That's yeah. how to say it. Um, and when they do that, they're no longer something we can control. They control us. Yeah. Ah, the nature of man. Then we create our ideals, and then we fall prey to our ideals. <laughs> we, we we create our our, our own uh, our own worst enemies. And this is part of the this this is part of the reason why writing that first season was so hard. Mm-hmm. Because we came up with this concept of oh, a, a demon lord, a, a, god, a god, a god, a dark Sumerian so god old yeah. that he predates hell. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is going to be controlling the U.S. government to make it evil and make the fascists come to light. And then as we're about to start writing this... Yeah, an election happened that was really bad. Fascists came to power yeah, in the really, United yeah. States and really it got real fashy. Real and we fashy, knew, yo. And then it felt disingenuous to have our fictional fascists be demon-powered mm-hmm. when we know that the real fascists and then and then you are know winning re-elections actively yeah. in the US right now. And then and then so for for us it became a matter of 
No, I kind of want it to be demons. Yeah. Because then there's a solution. Yeah. And I, and, and I, and it's not, it's not the only solution No, because there's still systemic problems and we'll get into that next season. That really is a big, that's like a season two thing that we talk about, but season one, this is like getting here is the moment when you realize, oh shit, it's so much, it, it is, it is the equivalent of having the cabal of, of, of very rich, wealthy people that have dark money everywhere. Yeah. Only what if one of them truly is like. A hungering old yeah. god that yeah. wants to to eat and 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 take. And also, Pete, Pete sir, sir, you got like you chew scenery so well already, and we knew there this. were could we cast you? Yeah, Lord. I mean, yeah, yeah, we, we knew like like yeah, mind you, we knew <laughs> we knew when we cast Pete for the cameo role in season four. Of Avalon. That this is what we wanted. this is eventually where it was going. Um, he does. He did not know that. All I told him was that he was a very evil person and that he was not going to be human. So when we got <laughs> the know line, that until we got to this line, when we got these takes, um, we had anticipated having to like do a bunch of filters uh, and pitching. Yeah. I don't know why we I thought didn't. that. I did nothing here. This There's is just no Pete's filter voice. here, guys. I don't know how he does it. Sir. Pete. Yeah. No. And, and then I did, but I did do one thing yeah, here. Yeah, you did do one thing here. The moment you recognize that he is not a demon, mm-hmm. he's a, he, uh, I'm waiting for it. When he says, my God, that. I changed the vocal filter. Yeah. So for anybody who's paying attention, like from an audio perspective for the show, demons have a specific voice. I do a filter on their voice that makes their voice kind of like warbly and, and demonic. When I have a God, I do a really cool reverse echo yep. effect. Um, and so it was really neat doing the moment of, of, of realization that this isn't a demon. This, this is, is a, a demon. God. This is a god. You're facing a god. <laughs> Again, Pete. Damn, dude. But yeah, this, yeah, and here it is. He's, he's coming right to the crux of the issue yep. that, you know, you may be immortal if you're a god, but if you lose all of your worshippers... Then you, you lose, power. lose power. You don't have anything to do. Yep. You, you don't have influence. Yeah. And my lord, that read. Uh, again, <laughs> sir. Yeah. <laughs> no, this line right here. <laughs> the laughter. <laughs> he just, oh my god. Just like, he just. Yeah, you were deemed far too dangerous. Yeah, but, the, but the, you're trying. <laughs> like, you just, every time. Um. Now he uh, he nailed it. Um, That's why you're here. Good luck. No, I'm here to let you know your sentence. <laughs> no, I'm here to let you know your sentence. Uh, yeah, this is what happens every time Pete shows up in a scene. I just stop talking. I just listen because he's so good. I was like, oh no, we're doing the thing. Are we listening to the episode? Not my usual stuff. Um, but also, I feel like we don't. I didn't. We haven't talked about it enough. But uh, all props to David for this scene. Because David is is having to play. Oh yeah, Sam just having his whole world rocked right right out from under him, and um, you know, we'll talk more about Sam in episode eleven and and twelve. Because spoiler alert, episodes eleven and twelve are a two parter. 
Yes, so so and we'll we, episode ten will will they, we'll, they were we'll talk about to the. Be. We no. can't say they were not supposed to be a two-parter. They were only supposed to be 11 episodes. And then Kitty and started was, writing. And then we started writing, and Kitty just kept writing, and then Kitty, Kitty kept just writing. kept writing. I just, and I kept, like, I was trying to keep my scenes as short and sweet as I possibly could. I just kept could. going. And then I looked at it, and I'm like, babe, we're at 43 pages Yeah, and I realized, like, 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 I did Tilly that. will not approve this. No. Uh, Tilly, Tilly should not have approved uh, episode 36 of Avalon yeah. being 50 minutes long. Um, but, uh... But she knew she couldn't argue with me on that one. I was like, too late, I've already written it. <laughs> different time. Much different time back then. Now I'm like, I have a day job. I can't yeah. I can't mix 50 minutes. But uh, this whole scene, just, uh, oh my God. Also, it's just really nice hearing uh, Pete get to be like unabashedly evil. Oh yeah. Because Pete's played all sorts of horrible characters and evil characters, but like, just gleefully evil is so nice. Oh, so nice. Um, but yeah, so that was episode nine. Um, Thank you for sitting through my very, very long ramble about my theories I and think concepts of world religion. I think it's awesome, and I'm really glad that we got to talk about it because I wanted everybody else to hear the awesome stuff that you thought of to make the show happen because if you had not thought of it, we would not be doing the show. That's true. Because I did not have enough of a concept when I started for a sequel, so... Uh, anyway, uh, please let us know what you think. If you have any questions, theories, uh, comments, general concerns about us, I mean, we're fine. How are you? Uh, anyway, um, uh, you can, as long as Elon Musk hasn't destroyed Twitter, you can yes. find me on at Genesis Avalon, uh, or you can find Chris at Kristen Bays. Um, and then if you are a member of the Pendant Discord already, please hit us up on the Patriot subreddit, uh, or not subreddit, uh, Discord channel. I want to hear what you think. I require validation. I am a millennial. Digitally hug me, damn it. I need a trophy. <laughs> I'm not happy without, without my, my trophies. trophies. Okay, thanks for being here. Bye. Bye. Still want my trophy.